Guys, I am so excited about this episode. We have a powerhouse in the building. Coming up next, we are speaking with podcaster, author, teacher, and pastor of Fellowship Church, one of the largest and fastest growing multi-ethnic churches in the States. That's right. We have the one and only Pastor Albert Tate in the building, and you may know him from his podcast or his daily show, Good News Today. And we are speaking about his brand new book, How We Love Matters, a call to practice relentless racial reconciliation. Guys, you don't want to miss this conversation of how how we create safe spaces across cultural divides to learn, to stretch, to grow, to understand, and also to receive and share the truth in love. Oh my goodness, guys. Available on all podcast platforms or subscribe to my YouTube channel and I will see you on the path. You're listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Nemhart, brought to you by Fight for Freedom. Follow Cheryl Nemhard on all social media platforms. With all of my flaws and all of my brokenness, not once has Jesus ever even insinuated that he didn't want me there. And with all of his righteousness and all of his holiness, he has every right to not even just dismiss me from the table, but to demolish me while I walk away. And it's never even crossed his mind. I get to sit at the table filled with grace and truth, fully accepted as a son, a beloved son, with as jacked up as my thoughts and my ways are, I get to sit at the table. How, how could I possibly consider leaving or creating a space that would invite others to leave when I am here, but by the grace of God, when I am here by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. So, so love, that's why love matters because God's love for us Mm -hmm. is the same love that we extend to others. If this was based off of my love and my willingness, Oh, this thing would have been over a long time ago. I would have been I would have been at all black church with a glaring beef ham and B3 Oregon hooping and doing my thing with my people and wouldn't be studying it. Y'all could have this. But God says, yeah, you don't get to pick the assignment. Yeah. I've got a vision for what the body's called to be. Um, And I want you to intentionally pursue people that don't look like you, don't live like you and don't vote like you. And I want you to love them in every step of the pursuit. And I want you to give them grace in every step of the pursuit. Mm -hmm. And I also want you to give them truth at every step of the, in every step of the pursuit. So don't, don't present a less black version of yourself Mm -hmm. or a, or a shrunken version of yourself to make them comfortable. Mm -hmm. No, uh -uh. Mm -hmm. I'm going to present all love, all compassion and all conviction for the glory of God. How do you do that? Oh, Holy Spirit activate. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. We can't yeah. do that on our own. So yeah. if you're trying to sit at this table in your own power, it's that's the ballgame. You're done. You might as well quit now. You, you will not stay at this table in your power. But if you mess around and say, Holy Spirit, you have your way, he will. He will. He will. He will. And let's go even further. And 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 I and I just I just already know and sense that you you live your life as an open book if it will mine lessons for change. You will share openly from your wounds, your valleys, everything. So yeah. uh, let's go even more personal. 
2020, 2021, it's ugly sister. And 2022, it's evil, uglier sister. <laughs> has been, um, uh, I, would, I wouldn't even, it has been a rude awakening. I'm going to call it what it is. Has been a rude yeah. awakening of many things, many things. Uh, crisis does that. It, 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 the pressure, it, 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 it brings out the best and worst of us. We have seen yeah. polarization on a level I don't think we've seen since the civil rights movement. There's a lot going on. We don't need to, we can name it all, but it's in the room. We acknowledge it. Yeah. I want to know, I want to learn from you through the valley moments because the mountaintops we get, we celebrate, we see, but I want to know when you were yeah. up against the wall and you were, you were saying white flag, like time out. What were the big lessons that came up for you over these past three years that you could share to help us? Well, I think what happened was there was a crystallization of what my values are and what I'm going to fight for, regardless of what attendance affirms. So what I mean by that is I'm willing to allow people to walk away not out of recklessness, but I'm not going to compromise truth to, to perpetuate comfort mm. for my siblings that are being disrupted. My Aunt Vicky at our old church, she'd get happy. That was an old song we used to sing, and I would learn when I got older that it was actually a passage in the book of Esther. But it was a song that we used to sing that says, If I perish, let me perish because I'm going to see the king. It was a moment where I just had to say, yo, if I perish, let me perish. But I'm not going to compromise the love that God is calling us to live according to because of fear of losing attendance or losing financial support or losing followers. And I've lost them all. And people tell you, don't take it personal. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know how not to take it personal. Right. It's by the time you telling somebody not to take it personal, they didn't already took it personal. Right. So I've got two therapists in my life. I got two, two therapists working on me because I do take it personal. And it is, it is hurt. It, it, it's hurtful. And some days, and I'm, a, and, I, and I do have fear. One of the things about this book is speaking the truth is like, oh, wow, will I, will I lose? Mm -hmm a part of my constituency because they get offended and refuse to work through the soreness. Ooh. And there are chapters where I, I say, okay, are we going to do this? And we going to do it. I'm out here too far now. There were, there were moments during the pandemic, during that daily devotional show that I do good news today, where the morning after George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or Brianna Taylor, I'm live talking to folks Dante and I got Wright, tears in my eyes. Go down the list, right? Yeah, and I just can't deny. It. I just say, I, I just say, yo, if we gonna do this family thing, and if we gonna sit at a multi ethnic table, yeah. let's sit at this family table, and y'all gonna y'all gonna have to listen today about the burden that I carry. And you know what? Is it may irritate you, but you are gonna have to love me through this thing. I didn't loved you through a lot. I now you got an opportunity to love me. So that it came a point, honestly, even in my ministry where it. I crossed a line mm. of truth telling mm. that I hadn't in previous years because a part of it think, it says that 
well, if we just keep each other together, something's just going to happen. No, we got to, it, it, it's not a win to get us in the same room. We got to get in the same room and then start telling the truth to one another. Mm. And, and that's what's happened. And it has been painful. Yeah. There's been loss in relationships. Mm. Uh, I've been misunderstood. Mm. Um, but it's all worth it. And I refuse to get to the end of my journey and not be authentic or feel like I've got to silence a part of me to sit at this table. No. And I don't want, I don't want my white siblings to silence a part of them either. I do think a part of empathy is you need to be silent for a season so you can listen. And I think people of color practice that posture often, way more often than my white siblings realize we're in rooms listening and navigating their culture Mm -hmm. all the time. To be honest, as a young black man, I was trained to do that. I have to know what it is to make whites comfortable or I don't get my first job. My interviewer is a white man. I need to know what makes him comfortable. So I am trained to speak in a way Mm -hmm. that puts at ease any concerns or anxiety Mm -hmm. because I don't know what he knows about black people. Has he only seen rap videos on MTV? Has he only seen the the gang violence? Does he have any black people in his family? Is he any associated, his social location, is it anywhere near people that look like me? No, but I know the other guy interviewing for the job is young young Kirby. Kirby looks like his nephew. Kirby looks like his son. So immediately on site, he can identify with Kirby. I've got to make him as comfortable as possible so he can identify with me. So as far as people of color and the equity in this conversation, well, by way of just culture, nobody did anything. Well, people did things malicious, but I'm assuming the best. I'm assuming that you're not doing it maliciously, but you have no idea how much it is built into me to make you comfortable so I can secure upward mobility and the bag. That's good. There's no way I grow in my job and career Mm -hmm. if I I don't make you feel comfortable with this black guy from Mississippi being around you. Now we in the D. I don't know if you want to get this real in Canada. Canada, I don't know if y'all want it all. <laughs> well, this, we, you know what? That, we're we're gonna go. We even, there? Yeah, we're there. So let's. Okay, so here we are. So here we are. We've we've crossed the line. No turning back, as you say. So we are in the room. It's tense. It's heavy. We're carrying all different things. Um, wrong thinking, toxicity, broken history, painful history. But we're we have agreed for a moment to sit at the table. Help help us now. How do we facilitate a productive, healthy, life-giving, unifying, yet truthful conversation across dividing lines? Yeah, I I think the listening and empathy is a really big deal. Like, you can't skate past that. You got to sit in what empathy is. My wife, I I I tell this story in the book. She's in a in a small group with other white women, and and George, um, the the George Floyd thing happens in Amada Arbery, and it's in a pandemic, so anxiety is high, and she carries a burden as a black mother of black sons, and a, a wife of a black man, um, that I don't even appreciate. To be honest, I I can't even appreciate it. Because that's a burden yeah. that she doesn't talk about a lot, but she just she just feels it. So I remember her being with her white sisters in Christ. And 
and they just don't get it. They're just saying, I know this stuff and we got to wait and the verdict come out and just such and such and such. And she's, she's sitting there scared, scared for my life. She has more fear than I do about my life. More is her sons because she's seeing these images and she's not seeing some random dude in Minneapolis or wherever. She's seeing that could happen to my boy. That's right. That could happen to my sons. Mm -hmm. So while there was a high defense of police and we love police, black folks believed in the military and the police for for decades. We were fighting in wars that for a country we couldn't even vote in, but we've always been patriots. So so this even 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 it's not even an issue. Right. about whether we are patriots. Oh, we've been fighting the military. Check check the number of minorities in black folks in military. Check the number right. of black folks you know, on the police force. We all got uncles and cousins on the police force. Yeah. So this is no disregard to police, but that doesn't take away from a built-in fear mm-hmm. of police officers. Mm-hmm. So there, she's talking to one of her white sisters who's in this small group. Um, and let's say, I won't give her a real name, but let's say her name is Sarah. So she's on the phone with Sarah and LaRosa gets pulled over by a police officer. And Sarah's on the phone. So she's on the speakerphone in the car. It's right by our kid's school here in Southern California. And he pulls La Rosa over. And the way that he speaks to her is a tone of just disrespect. Um, a smart aleck. Um, he's, he, he's, he's not kind. He's not, he's not helpful. He's, he's, he's just kind of being a jerk. He's just kind of being a butthole. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife is, is carrying a huge amount of fear. And Sarah's on the phone. And she's put in proximity to now overhear this conversation that the police officer is having with my wife, LaRosa. Right. He's disrespectful, Intimidating. Just disingenuous, just, just, yeah. just being a jerk. She overhears this encounter. He leaves. LaRosa sits there. And when he leaves, LaRosa, tears stream down her face. Now, normally she wouldn't get that emotional, but this is in the heat of the pandemic, George Floyd, yes. in this fear. Fear. Sarah is still there on the phone, and LaRosa says to Sarah, are you there? Sarah, with tears in her eyes and a knot in her throat, she says, yeah, I'm here. And they just ride in the car in silence for the rest of her ride home. Because Sarah just heard for the first time a level of disregard and respect that she had never experienced And if Sarah was honest, I think she would say that was the first time I actually believed it. That's what happens when we sit at the table. That's what happens when we enter into others' experiences. That's what Jesus did for us. He put on flesh and he dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. So what would it mean for you to put on flesh? Not your opinion, not your conservative, your conservatives, conservativism, Mm -hmm. how do we say that word? Not not your, but put on flesh and dwell among us. Mm -hmm. The indigenous folks and their burden, their fears, their anxiety, their stories. What would it mean for you to put on flesh? And just dwell among them mm. and listen. And out of what you hear, don't offer opinion. Yeah. Don't even offer resolution yet. Mm-hmm. Just offer love. Mm. Offer presence and love and empathy. Girl, if we do that, <laughs> it changes the whole conversation. Amen. Listen, guys, we are speaking (laughs) once again. If you don't know, now you know. We are speaking to Pastor (laughs) Albert Tate, uh, incredible man of God, author, public speaker, podcast host, teacher. And we are talking about 
his brand new book, How We Love Matters, A Call to Practice Relentless, y'all, relentless racial reconciliation. Well, Pastor, yeah. if I could, if I could, um, you know, I I, I don't want to get into any because I know your wife can swing. She can throw some hands. She got hands. So <laughs> I'm not going to keep you forever. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I would lo- I mean, I could do this. I really could do this for another hour. It has been nothing but a joy to sit with you. Um, I've got one and a half questions for you. <laughs> All right, let's go. What we got? Come on. Um, but first, a little housekeeping, so I don't forget, because I, I'm also, I'm also, you're, you're, you're in my mind. I'm, you're in my wheelhouse. My head's spinning, going. Uh, I love to sit with deep thinkers. I'm, I'm a deep thinker. Enneagram eight over here. So, I don't oh, me you know. too. I'm an eight. Of yeah. course you are. I know. <laughs> Of course. course, Uh, All all our friends are eights that we've mentioned uh, before. So uh, if we want to continue this journey of learning beyond today, beyond, uh, you know, this conversation, how can we track with you? Are there resources that are coming out or what resources do you currently have for someone that has um, learned something that has put flesh on today and is like, I need to I need to dig deep. Can you tell us how we could track you on social media? All the things. So Albert Tate is all of my social media handles. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm even on TikTok, yo. I'm not twerking on there, but I'm on there. Uh, I I do a little twerking in worship. So it's (laughs) twership. I do a little twership on TikTok. No, I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just playing, but yeah, Albert Tate is where you can find all my socials and then made for fellowship. That's our church, uh, it's fellowship in pa- Pasadena and Monrovia, California, but made for fellowship is our website and we have sermons and we've got a great center for racial reconciliation that also has resources there at our church because we have a vision that racial reconciliation is spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. So follow me on there and yo, come on, tell me I do good news today pretty much most mornings live on YouTube. So Albert Tate on YouTube, come on. And when you come on, tell me, yo, I'm from Canada. I heard you on my girl Cheryl's show and holla at your boy. Yes. Awesome. So, so, so good. Um, Well, here, here's a, here's a, a question that I ask every single guest and to my amazement in, uh, in our short time it's been three seasons going going actually you're you're our fourth season fourth season season guest wow let me get that right wow. um and I, i'm more than likely going to be kicking it off because uh you are you are just you're all that and a bag of uh many wow. chips and dips so excited so um here's my question to you so i i anywhere i get to speak or teach i always say that you know um the mountaintop is overrated you know, the mountaintop experiences, they're great. They're wonderful. The lights, everything's wonderful, but it's in the valley. It's in the, it's in the back against the wall, back on the ground, almost white flagging moments that we learn, that we grow, that we train, that we build, uh, that our lives are changed. And I always say that storms are our greatest teachers. And in this, in this, in this context, I believe that storms teach us three things. They teach us uh, quickly, A, obviously who we are. We don't know what we have inside until we go through these really hard, hard times. B, we get a deeper understanding or maybe an awakening to who God is. You know, you don't know he's a provider until you're down to your last or a healer until you're in the sick bed. Sometimes crisis um, realigns us to where we need to be in God. And then, um, interestingly, painfully, uh, maybe on a good note, because sometimes that clearing out is good, but we, we find out who others are 
I always say, mm. if you want to know who's your tribe, go through a massive crisis. Do something that causes uh, ripples in the water and see who gravitates and who yeah. hits hits the road. So what has what have the hardest storms of your life taught you about God, taught you about this? Is the one time I'll call you without your title, taught you about Albert and yeah. taught you about yeah. others that you can share with us. Hmm. What I've learned about God is um, his grace really is sufficient. Um, if you're in the day and that's all you got, that's all you need mm. and you'll and you'll make it through. Um, and what I've learned about me, um, is that if I stay in his grace, he'll be sustained. I'll be sustained. If I stay in his grace, I will be sustained. There's not a thing, there's not a wall I'll hit that his grace won't sustain me through. So he is sufficient. I am sustained. And what I've learned about others is because of the answers to the first two, they are worthy of receiving grace. So it's my job to extend it. So the people that left, the people that talk about me, the people that hear this book and call me a heretic, they too are worthy mm. of me extending them grace. Mm. Um, so to my enemies, I try to say often, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious. Um, because they probably need the Lord to bless them and keep them more than anybody else in my life. So his grace is sufficient. In his grace, I am sustained. And therefore, I stand ready to extend grace, mm. especially to my enemies. It's easy for me to extend grace to my mama. But what I try to practice and invite the spirit to do is to help me to regularly extend grace mm. to those that are hard to extend grace to. Yeah. So that's what I've learned about other people mm. on any given day. Mm, They're worthy so of God's grace. So good. And what is your hope for this book? My hope is that my grandchildren will read it and think it's ridiculous. That they would read it and say, seriously, that they would look at that book like a VHS tape and say, that was a thing? Seriously, y'all used to put this in a VCR. That was the thing. I hope they look at this conversation and find it so ridiculous because the reality of the church has grown so far past mm. the realities and the tensions that I talk about in the book that they would be they would be amazed that I gave my life to this work. I hope that we move the needle, um, and I hope that we make the world and the church a better place for the generations to come. So that's my hope. Mm. Well, Pastor Albert, there are no words to thank you for being on the path. And just when you thought I was signing off, aha, I have a surprise question. <laughs> Come on. I, this is my signature sign off. And I just wanted to kind of, I, I can't, I can't shake you. I can't throw you off your game. I just, you're all, you, you stay ready as we but say. But it's fun. It's you fun stay. watching you try though. I was it's trying. fun. Let's go. I was like, ah, and you were like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Please go as far as you need to go because I, I, you know, we're leaning in now. We're, we're ready to kind of yeah. part ways. Finish this sentence in light of our conversation in, 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 in this rich conversation we've had. What is it time for? What is it time for? I think it is time, honestly, um, for, for, I think it's time for you. 
I think it's time for your voice. I think it's time for what God has put in you to be unleashed at a greater level um, and for you to lean into who he's called you to be. I think it's time for the ideas and the things that are inside of you that you've even dared to even speak openly. I think it's time for you to say it loud and lift up the volume because God's hand and anointing is on your life. This platform is just the beginning. And I think you're a gift to your community, to your city, and to your country, and to your family. And I think that gift is just now beginning to be unwrapped. So I really think it's time for you, Cheryl. I, I really think it's time for the path, for the work, for the stirring. Um, I wasn't so I'm asking you for off me. your game. No, you just threw me. I'm, thro- I'm throwing you off your game. But yeah. in a, but I'm, but I'm really serious. I really, I really do. We need your voice. We need what's inside of you. We need um, <laughs> the promises that he's whispered. It's time for you to shout them out loud and know that he's going to meet you in those spaces. And it's going to make, it's going to make exponential kingdom impact. It's already making impact with your family, with your friends, but that's going to get greater. So I want you to be prepared and I want you to get ready and to use your voice because it is time for you. Um, This has never happened in, I can't tell you how many shows. Y'all. I can't breathe. I was not expecting that answer. Okay, Pastor, thank you. Humbly, let me just receive that. Uh, thank you, sir. Um, un- yeah. Heavy, um, holy, and I'm humbled and I receive it. Okay, yeah. this is yeah. for the listeners, <laughs> this next part. Please this don't. This is for you, though. Please don't. I, I want to say. No, no, no. Don't do this again. Don't do this again. This is, this is. No, 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 it's no. for such a time as this. <laughs> you, you are an anointed no, no, no. black woman in Canada that God's hand is on. And you have set up and supported other ministries and you've been a platform for others. Um, and that's a part of your gifting and your calling and your wiring, but that is not the sum total of your contribution to the body. You are not just those who will set up for others. There is a space prepared for you that will unleash healing and hope to people that will see you, to, to little girls that look like you. So that's, that's valuable for them to see your face and hear your voice and to know your story. So that matters in a way that I'm not even sure you can appreciate. And it's easier for you to set up others to do that. It's harder for you to lean in it in the way that God has destined you to. And that's how you know it's God because he's stretching you and it'll be beyond your comfort zone. So I'll leave you alone, but <laughs> that I, that's, that's what it's time for. It is time for you. Okay, Pastor, I'm going to flip this question. <laughs> and I know Michaela, your daughter's your editor and your producer, so she's, you don't you edit none of this out. Leave all of this in the show. She's losing it in that room. She's an intercessor. She's already up and pr- she's going nuts in that. Look, she was. She's literally. She's. She just went. I was. Mom. She's praying in that room. That's how she is. Come on now. Oh my goodness. Okay, but let me just Okay. Okay. Um I'm going to ask the question again because I we I really want you to 
Okay, here we go. Let me let me just go and help you. We've never met before. I'm <laughs> I'm not going to answer the I'm not going to answer the question for the people. I want them to hear and feel the resolve of the question being answered prophetically over you. Okay, that's fine. Sir. So, the, so here we the, go. The next, then. the next guest will give them theirs. <laughs> I'm giving you yours. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> Pastor Albert, I d- dare I ask this next question, the B to this, but I'm going to flip okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, what is it not time for in this season? It is not time for shrinking. It is not time for downplaying. It is not time for minimizing. It is not time for apologizing. It is time to fully lean in. And that is applicable to many of your listeners, but the primary application is to you. It is time to lean fully in to who God has called you to be and not to shrink or accommodate or apologize or adjust or acquiesce in any shape, form, or fashion concerning his promise that he's placed and purposed over you. And for the listener, the same is true for you as well. But I want you to see and begin to pray for our dear sister and host, Cheryl, because that promise is also for her and the challenge is also for her. It is so easy to acquiesce and adjust and not believe big or not even think that you're worthy of believing at that level. And I'm just telling you that that's just the devil. That is not of God. So 2022 in this season, we're not shrinking. We're not apologizing. We're not downplaying ourselves. We are leaning all the way in on his promise. It is not time to lay back. It's time to lean in. The body of Christ desperately needs you, desperately needs your voice. And that's not because to make big of you, but it's because God can trust you to make big of him. And that's why it's your time. (laughs) Pastor Albert Tate, thank you so much for sitting with us. Um, We walked on the path. We paused. We had hard conversation. We loved each other. We leaned into the tension. We got a bit sore. But I think that this, this conversation has made us better. We are better having this conversation on the other side of it. Yeah. And um, I want to just give you the last word, anything you want to say to people as a takeaway from this moment. Um, thank you. And get me to Canada. Yes. Tell your little friends, Joe Saxton and, and Danielle <laughs> Strickland, that Albert was the best interview And the next time they're on your show, they got to come with it because Albert brought the heat. That's what I want. That's my last word. Now, to to my brothers and sisters out there, I love you. I hope you read the book and I hope you feel the love of God Mm. as we walk through these pages and walk this path together. I'm telling you, to, to quote my friend, Danielle Strickland, we are truly better together. So let's get after it. Let's do it together. Amen. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Oh my goodness, I there are not enough words to thank Pastor Albert Tate for joining us on the path today and sharing his heart on an issue that is so important, and that is racial unity and racial reconciliation. Church, we've got some work to do. We've got to continue to roll our sleeves up and reflect the heart of God in this matter. It's time for us to bridge ourselves across dividing lines and to lay down our misconceptions 
questions, our misunderstandings, our fears, our doubts, and truly listen one to the other. I love Pastor Albert Tate. And what you didn't see, which is not shown, is that he literally spoke into my life for almost 20 minutes straight to the point of tears. He truly practices what he preaches. And he is the same for one as he is for the thousands. Guys, until then, I want you to keep living, keep learning, keep loving, and let's keep growing in unity. I'll see you on the path. Thank you for listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Nemhard, brought to you by Fight for Freedom, educating, empowering, and equipping community members by raising awareness and training others surrounding the issues of sex trafficking. For more information or to donate, go to fightforfreedom.ca. Please like, download, and subscribe. This has been an Exusia Media production.